Exploring Chiropractic, Episode 23, NCLC 2016, Part 1. The girl I was lobbying with was the second quarter. Her feet started bleeding like the third meeting in. She's walking through the basement tunnels with bleeding feet and a smile on her face. And she's like, I should go home, but I don't want to because I'm not going to be able to do this again tomorrow. You are listening to Exploring Chiropractic, the only chiropractic student podcast where we help you to select the right school for you and navigate your journey through chiropractic school and beyond. I'm Nathan Cashin. Thanks so much for listening. I've just returned from a whirlwind weekend at the National Chiropractic Leadership Conference in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Now, if you haven't heard of NCLC, don't worry, the next few episodes will explain what it's all about. But to give you a brief overview, we met with over 350 chiropractic students, members of the Student American Chiropractic Association, as well as just as many chiropractic doctors, to join together and head up to Capitol Hill, where the House of Representatives, the Senate, are so that we could lobby, we could explain to these uh, politicians what the current state of chiropractic is, what the legislative needs are, certain bills that are coming out that will help to further the profession to provide more health care to their constituents who are our patients or our future patients for those of us in school. So in the next few episodes, I sit down with some of the leaders of SACA some other students who were there over the weekend and who really helped to make this thing run. Uh, I sat down with Stephanie Halloran, one of the chapter chairs, sat down with Brendan McCann, a former chair of SACA, uh, Seth Wittrall, as well as a couple of first and second quarter students who were there at the very beginning of their chiropractic careers. We're going to talk about the legislative items. There's four of them, and we'll briefly discuss what those are to help clarify. And we'll talk about the experience of walking on Capitol Hill and talking with senators and representatives and their assistants and what it's like to try to explain chiropractic to them. I hope that you find it interesting and informative and that it encourages you to join SACA and to participate at NCLC in years to come. Welcome back to Exploring Chiropractic. This is Nathan Cashin coming again from NCLC in Washington, D.C. And it's uh, day three, and I'm sitting down now with fellow UWS student Stephanie Halloran, ninth quarter, and president of ACA uh, for the chapter at UWS. Yes, president right. of SACA chapter at University of Western States. Great. Thanks for joining me on the podcast and for all the help getting this set up. Um, <laughs> of course. NCLC is, I, you know, I've wanted to come for a couple years in a row, but this is the first time I've made it. And now that I'm here, I'm, I'm blown away by how much work is involved. How long have you been coming to NCLC? Um, this is my third one. So I've come every single year since the second quarter. So I mean, my last one as a student. What have you been doing over the past year to prepare? Um, we've been doing a bunch of things. Uh, really, it comes down to, for NCLC, it's like the three or four months leading up to it, um, getting people signed up, getting their flights booked. And then about 
six weeks out, we started meetings where we trained people how to talk to representatives. Not just that, but also how to talk about chiropractic to a layperson. Like, how do you explain what chiropractic is and what we do? Because a lot of people really don't know everything that we do. Um, so why is it that students should get involved in NCLC? I mean, this is, like, we're talking to senators, congressmen, like, 20-year-old, 23-year-old students, what do they have to offer to these guys? Well, it's it's your future of your profession. Like, a lot of these doctors go into these meetings even, they're like, this isn't even for them. They've already established, they make the money that they want to make, and they have their system set up. This is for us to thrive when we get into the program. The type of stuff that we cover, like being able to go and practice in a rural area and get our loans repaid. Like The other doctors don't really care about that. As I mean, they care, but it's not going to benefit them in any way. And why would you not get involved and try to change your future when you have the power to do that? Let's talk about some of these other uh, legislative items. We talked about the National Health Public Service, which is practicing in rural areas with Seth. Um, the other big one, and I think this is probably the one we spent the most time on in the meetings that I went to, and that's the VA. The Veterans Affairs uh, Health Service uh, is huge. So uh, what are we trying to do? So currently we are in about 50 out of 1,200 VA facilities. In 2002, they had passed a bill that said that we VAs had to hire a chiropractor. And ever since then, uh, the VAs have just been dragging their feet on actually getting someone in to do it. Um, So the bill that we're trying to get passed is not to get chiropractors in the VA because we already have that. We want a timeline for when they're going to get them in and actually hold the VA accountable for getting that. Because the number one complaint when soldiers come home is musculoskeletal. And it's also very well known now in the media that opioid addiction is also a big problem within our veteran community. And if we can treat them without giving them opioids, their quality of life is going to be so much better. And we're going to be helping the people who go and sacrifice so much for our country. And I can say from personal experience being in the VA for the past six weeks on my preceptorship, um, the, the access is what's really the problem right now. We've got two chiropractors in the Vegas VA. Patients have to wait up to three months from the times they get a referral. And so not only do we need to expand and get chiropractors in all of the other VAs around the country, uh, but we need to up the number so that we can handle the load of patients that are coming home. And in my experience, I mean, the, the definitely the primary care physicians, right, that the veterans go to, they don't really handle back pain and neck pain uh, other than recommending NSAIDs, you know, mm-hmm. ibuprofen, Tylenol. So really crucial that we get that, that just cover it we got to cover it with a lot more chiropractors most definitely i mean we don't practice enough preventative care in the country as it is and um for these people a lot of things can be treated and fixed through musculoskeletal care and that is what we specialize in other doctors don't they specialize in other things too like they do surgeries or cardiovascular stuff and that's their thing and that's great and we need them too for certain reasons but for this type of stuff they need our profession how did the congressman respond when we when you go in there and you sit down with them what's their feedback or what's their response 
It depends on who you go in and talk to. I mean, you walk into one meeting and they're all about it and they want to know more and more and more. And you go into another one and they have a straight poker face and you can't tell what they're thinking. Um, but for the most part, when it comes to veterans, it's mostly shock. Like, they really cannot believe that we are not in that many facilities. And it's, it, I mean, it's shocking to anyone you talk to. Most chiropractors don't even know we're not in that many facilities. So when you go and talk to them, they're, they're usually very much about it because they they care about our veterans and they want to take care of them. So yesterday was the big lobbying day. We went back and forth between the Senate and the House. And for those who haven't been to D.C., uh, you've got the Capitol, right? This is a huge building. takes about three minutes to walk in front to get from side to side. The House is on one side and then the Senate is on the other side. Where did you go yesterday and how many meetings did you go to? Um, well, I lobbied with my home state um, of North Carolina, and I went to eight of their meetings um, between 9 and 3 o'clock. Um, but the way that they set up their meetings was actually really awesome because they had all of their house meetings in the same building. They did Senate first thing in the morning, and then all their house meetings were... I was only in Canon pretty much the entire day. So it was actually one of the least stressful days of lobbying I've had. Um, I just got to walk from like floor to floor and it was great. Um, but in the past, I've, I've done the run across Capitol Hill to get to my next meeting and came sliding in just in time. Nice. Uh, so what's next for NCLC? Today we've got some educational events going on, like a regular chiropractic conference. Tonight's big SACA event? Yeah, so we have, um, for SACA, we still have actually the meet and greet with the doctors who are doing the job fair. That's going to be at 6 p.m. Um, and then starting at 7.30 is pretty much like everyone's like fun event. It's the end of... It's the end of a lot of the business stuff, and we get to kind of let loose and just be silly together. And so that's our SAC has got talent event, and each chapter um, so it ca- is allowed to submit one act. Um, and they're always funny, and they're always just so great. And it's so cool to see how talented like a lot of the people in our profession are. Who do you think is going to win tonight? I don't. I don't know any of the other acts. I only know our act, and it's pretty cool. But I don't think it's really a talent. It's just a 22 person parody on a dance thing so i don't even know how to explain it <laughs> well you guys spent all of your energy it sounds like getting chapter of the year congratulations for that <laughs> thank you what does that mean to you um it means a lot we came here last year um with 20 students and those students uh just were were blown away by the experience but also disappointed at the lack of representation we had at the national level and um i already had it in my head that i wanted I, I wanted to be chapter of the year, but I kind of waited, you know, four or five months to get people still involved in before I started planning in their heads. Um, but I mean, it's it, chapter of the year is just a title for me. It's all about the fact that, you know, we brought 40 students who got to experience like yourself, like someone who may not have been able to experience this. We were able to make it affordable so they could come. And that's going to have such a bigger impact on our profession. And the fact that we get to go home now, and yeah, we have chapter of the year, but we get to go home and like actually keep building everything up and bring more people next year. And chapter of the year is going to create some buzz on our campus, but it's it's just more about getting the students involved and getting the information out there so they know what's available to them and so that they can participate. I'm curious what, you, what you've done over the past few months, because last year, if I understand, we had less than 20 students. We had 19 it? students 19 here last students year. 19 students last year. This year, 40? 
Uh, we had 38 students and one alum. Okay, so you've almost doubled it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, Which was our goal. <laughs> what, what did you do? Well, to get, we have first quarter and second quarter students. I mean, people that probably have never heard of NCLC. Uh, we started recruiting in the fall. So pretty much the second week of classes in the fall, we started telling people about it. We had an application process, and we made it sound very, very exclusive. We were only bringing 40 people because that's all we could afford to accommodate. And when you tell people that and they start to see people signing up and their friends are signing up, I mean, we probably got about 60 applications and some people dropped out um, and didn't want to end up wanting to go, but they had to fill out their applications, get academically approved, fill out the rest of like the participation waivers, everything else. And the first 40 people to get that done got to book their flights. And so we went off of that. And if your flight wasn't booked by the first week of December, you had to give up your spot. So, we created a sense of urgency around yeah. NCLC, but also we explained to them like how important it is for them to be there. And the best part is they'll go back now and tell all of their friends. And next year, they'll probably bring even more people because people just, they, they want to be a part of that. They see what you're doing and they want to join in too. So next year, will it still be a cap of 40? I like how you did that. It was kind of a reverse psychology trick. It sounds like <laughs> we only have room for twice as many as have ever gone. <laughs> that's clever. And I think that's really important. But um, so are we going to have more people coming next year? Hopefully, yes. Um, we're working on figuring out some fundraising and stuff. We have some actually really solid uh, fundraising opportunities coming in. Um, we have an adjusting seminar that we're going to do in April that um, a doc is being gracious enough to come in and uh, give us half of the proceeds to go towards SACA. Um, and then we're also working with a few other doctors to get local donations. Um, And if we can afford to send people, we're very straightforward with how much we'll actually spend on them. Uh, Originally, for this trip, it was only going to be housing. Um, We raised enough money that we were able to cover registration, too. Um, So if we can only cover housing next year and we can bring 60 people or 80 people, if I want to double it again, um, (laughs) you know, we have have a great team. We'll make it work. We figure out ways. There's no obstacles to achieving what you want to. So what's your favorite part of Washington, D.C.? Um, you know, my favorite part is, I was talking about this with, uh, one of the New York guys the other night. And my favorite part is the fact that you're coming back to your family, like your chiropractic family all over the country, and you're all working together for a common goal. Like you all have each other's back. You have this huge support system and it's not the same people you see every day. And it's some of the most driven successful people not just students but doctors and you look at the people that you're surrounded by and sometimes you're like what am I doing here like how did I get here and then you're just you just feed off of it and you just start to leak all of that passion as well and that's my favorite part is just to be around so many people that are on like three hours of sleep and they're just still you know they're just exhausted but they're still loving life and doing everything it's, it's it's amazing. These guys are working hard. I mean, doing <laughs> doing stuff outside of what of just showing up, mm-hmm. right? Showing up is the first part, but then they're really going above and beyond. Yeah, I mean, people taking on extra meetings. Like for me, I was only scheduled for four or five meetings yesterday, and the doctor I was lobbying with was like, "Well, you can keep coming to meetings." And I was like, "Okay." The girl I was lobbying with was the second quarter. Her feet started bleeding like the third meeting in. She's walking through the basement tunnels with bleeding feet and a smile on her face. And she's like, I should go home, but I don't want to because I'm not going to be able to do this again tomorrow. And she suffered through about like three more meetings. I think that I 
think she hit about seven that day. Is it only is it logistically difficult to do more than one day? I was noticing that we do one day that's so heavy. Is there any way to spread it out? I think they used to do multiple days, um, but because of the educational events, it makes it difficult. Um, they try to make an event so that people can come, but they also get their continuing education credits, and um, there's enough time for like the student business meetings. Um, so I think one day is probably the perfect amount because otherwise you almost have to add an extra day um, to accommodate for all the other things. They don't want to take away from the other learning experiences and the connections you make with other doctors. Well, Stephanie, thanks so much for being on the podcast. This Thank is exciting. you for having me. Thanks for the help connecting me with ACA. Um, so I'm partnered to have their booth to be able to record these, and I appreciate all the work. Of course, we appreciate you being here. Thanks again for tuning in to this interview on Exploring Chiropractic. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and now Instagram at Exploring Chiropractic. Also, be sure to check out True Brain, the world's most tested productivity drink. This has been developed by UCLA neuroscientists, and it contains nootropics such as oxiracetam and paracetam that really helps give you that focused mental state without the buzz. You can get a free trial at exploringchiropractic.com slash TRU brain.